how do you defend your master thesis during a global pandemic? Can you receive a high grade if you haven't even read the entire thesis from start to finish before you hand it in? And how do you actually manage to rewrite an entire discussion with 24 hours to go before deadline? Sit back and listen in. Hi, we're Emilia and Lottie, and you are listening to a new episode of The Thesis Talks. And today we have some great guests with us, uh, Jakub and Katrine. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Both of you have just uh, finished your master's. Congratulations on that. And um, what is very interesting here now is that um, both of you actually are studying different programs. So Jakub, you have studied organizational innovation and entrepreneurship. And Katrina, you have studied management of creative business processes, but both at CBS. So we will definitely ask you later about um, how that experience was for you. Yeah, and uh, today's episode is going to be slightly different um, because since the actual content of your thesis is confidential, we can't really deep dive into the content. So instead, this episode is going to be more focused on the methodology and the process of writing and some do's and don'ts during the process. But before we go into this, let's just have a quick warm-up round. So, Katrine, would you rather be seasick on a boat for a week, a row, or write your thesis all over again? Be seasick for a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Jakub, would you rather pay 5,000 euros or write your thesis all over again? Ooh, I would rather pay 5,000 euros. I don't know where I would take them from, but I would rather pay that. Okay, it seems like you're pretty happy to get it over with. So both of you, what was the best thing that you have done after you handed in the thesis? Right after, I had a glass of whiskey and it was just like the proper treat because we have not had alcohol for the past two weeks basically at all and it was just you know to like after our, our defense it was just the best thing to relax yeah i think um letting go of like bad con like feeling bad like feeling like something is hanging over your head is something that i think is really amazing that it takes a few days to let go of that feeling but once it's out of your system, it's uh, it's the best thing. So something to look forward is um, drinking again. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so now Emilia has asked you the fun questions and now I'm coming in with the boring interrogating ones. Um, but yes, I want to know why did you study what you studied? So Jakub, um, why did you choose OAE? Yeah, so that's actually quite a fun answer. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> regarding who we have in the room, because I first actually wanted to study the management of creative business processes. And that was my first priority. Like to... the one uh, Katrina studied. Exactly, like the one Katrina studies. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get into it, obviously. So then uh, my second choice was uh, OIE, because I wanted to do something more hands-on. My bachelor was very theoretically focused, and I knew that OIE would be a little bit more practical actually putting your hands on and trying to create something in reality, even though it stays within class projects, but still doing something practical rather than just theoretical. Yeah, and I studied um, management of creative business processes basically because it was my way into CBS. So I have a bachelor in, um, what is it called? Theater <laughs> studies? <laughs> Theater and performance studies there. is my bachelor, and so that's a that's a bachelor of humanities. So I wanted to do my um, 
my master degree in um, on CBS, in CBS. And that was kind of my way in because there was like a connection between mm. um, between that. So, yeah, it was, um, I wouldn't say coincidental, but it was like the only way I could get into CBS, basically. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Um... We know that your paper was marked confidential uh, because you handle uh, sensitive company data. So as we mentioned, we're not going to go in depth with the topic, but can you just uh, quickly and very broadly describe what your overall topic was so that we're a little bit uh, in the loop on that? Yeah, so we actually collaborated with Inca Group, which is the largest franchisee of IKEA brand. And we have specifically looked at their digital business transformation that they are currently going through. Uh, focusing uh, on their data and analytics department, and yeah, I yeah. guess that's very broadly what we can mm-hmm. what we can say about it. Maybe one more thing to add is that we uh, we like a lot of people talk about digital business transformation and focus on the technology. And since the beginning, this is something that we did not want to do, even though technology is a big part of digital business transformations in all companies. We have rather focused on the human and the social factor of digital business transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, did you ha- did you actually have to sign an NDA or? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And do you think it was a challenge that you had to work with it this way? Was it does it does it make it more challenging to write the paper or going to through the research project when it's um when it's a confidential paper that you're doing? Well, I mean, it's the only thesis that we've written, so it's hard to compare it. But I don't, I don't, f- I didn't feel inhibited. Um, by the fact that it was confidential because going through the process you have everything you need available right because we collect the data and then we have the theory and we can of of course talk to our supervisor about it so um, she's she was involved in in the whole process and and knows everything so no I wouldn't say that it was um, affecting the process as such I would I would rather say that it actually makes it much more exciting because mm. you can get your hands on some data that other people can't. So it brings in this element of exclusivity into yeah. the into the whole process. And you're actually working on a real case on a, like using real data of a company that is going through some sort of a process. And the fact that you just cannot speak about it just sort of makes it more exciting, at least mm. in my view. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it lifts a little bit off the paper and that makes it more practical in, in real life work. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Nice. What um, we would really like you to do is taking us on a little journey and taking us through the process that you basically went through when writing the thesis. So at the very beginning, you have to not only find a topic, but also a thesis partner, because at Copenhagen Business School, we always write in two, or that is what uh, the preferred way to do it. Uh, in your case, w- what came first, partner or a topic? Partner, yes. for sure. It was definitely the partner. So I think how it happened was that Since I didn't get into this master's of creative business processes, I at least wanted to take something out of that master's. So I actually reached out to some people on Facebook. Sucked the knowledge (laughs) out of one of the heads of the... Exactly. That was my plan. I don't know if I succeeded, but... uh, Yeah, so I reached out to someone on Facebook and I just told them that I would like to cooperate with someone from uh, creative business processes and whether they can post some, like, my, my message on their Facebook wall. And then actually, Katrina was the first one and the only person that had reached out to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had heard that um, if you collaborate across uh, 
programs, you usually get like on average two grades higher.、Wow. And I was all about that. I was like, I want those two grades. <laughs> so, <laughs> so both of our intentions were very practical. <laughs> Okay, but it worked out very well. Apparently, in the end, you seem to still like each other. We do. <laughs> We do. That's very good. And then, so you found each other, and then how did you go about finding a topic? Yeah, it was it was actually very funny. I think because first of all,、um, we we share a passion for theater and arts just in general, and that that was actually our starting point at the beginning. That's that's what we spoke about at the very beginning. And then I think it was maybe two, three conversations into the the partnership, or not even the partnership, but but just the the general sort of meeting of each other, that we were like, oh, what about technology? We we do we like technology? Is it something that we should that we want to focus on? Yeah, because you had just gone on a trip, or were on the way to a trip to Silicon Valley, and I had taken this amazing course that I was in love with. And we somehow got to talk about AI, and our ideas and thoughts on on AI、um, and automation in general. What what course was that?、Uh, digital work in the twenty first century. I think、okay. it was called.、Mm-hmm. I think so.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then、um, yeah, and then we were like, oh, but that's really cool that you're so interested in that. Maybe. Let's see if we can do something. That's true. And then we <clears throat> we actually tried to combine this passion that we had for arts with this newly found passion or interest in technology. And first, we thought, oh, let's write about virtual reality with this company in Copenhagen. And we had reached out to them, but perhaps we have not heard back from them. So we sort of、um, yeah just said, let's just explore how we can combine arts and technology, and of course, business,、mm. and see where we get to. Because of also your program is very focused on creativity in general,、um, not just within arts but in general. And so we were we were kind of、um, yeah those were our four topics I would say that we were kind of revolving around at the at the very beginning. Cool. So basically, then how did you find the company that you ended up、uh, working with? And how do you actually reach out to a company? Do you just go on LinkedIn and Google who is there and, and try to find out their emails? Well, we did do that as well. Um, And no one replied. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we were really lucky. So we don't have any very good tips for other people. We were basically just extremely lucky that I did a presentation for a teaching experiment in one of my、um, courses in the fall. That was,、um, I think it was called seven and a half ECTS in sixty minutes, where five students were presenting five different topics from the course. And then we had invited alumni for the presentation. So I did a presentation on algorithmic decision making for strategy execution. And in in the crowd who were there,、um, one of the alumni was from Inca,、mm. and approached me after and thought that it was an interesting presentation and was like, you know, reach out, like connect on LinkedIn, and we can have a coffee. And I was like. Yeah, but that's amazing and wow and thank you so much and what about thesis? And she was like, yeah, like just reach out and then talked about it and we were like, that would be amazing to do something with Inca and IKEA. Um, and then we reached out to her and and then from there it was kind of um, it was a like a a, a bumpy beginning and 
they were definitely interested, but there were also like long periods of them being really busy and all of that. And then Corona happened and... But um, but we ended up with very, very good collaboration with them. Yeah. I guess a general tip that actually I have gathered also from my classmates and from this experience is that just be proactive as much as possible and make use of your contacts, people that already know you, people that, that you know within interesting companies and interesting cases that you would like to work on. And also perhaps try to find a way to offer them something in return, because obviously they will give you their time that is very valuable and some information perhaps uh, in, in a confidential matter, which is really cool to get. So make sure to kind of tell them in advance what it is that you would like to end up offering them um, in return. And be structured about the process if you can, as much as possible, and start early so that you don't end up with a very short time in the end. Mm. Right? So start early for everything or need a writing process or just... Seeking out your case okay. company yeah. if that's mm -hmm. what you want to do mm. just start as early as possible because that will give you like a head start to everyone else and also you have time if a collaboration falls through and also i guess one more tip uh, is to be flexible so even though you might have a topic or an area in mind um it is always like or not always but i like the company should have some sort of a say into what it is that you sh should or would like to write about and you should meet, I guess, somewhere in the middle. So it's both interesting for you um, as the writer and the researcher, but as well for the for the company. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the tips. That was really nice. <laughs> Definitely. Um, when we're talking about being early, uh, how early are we talking? Like, okay, we start, mm -hmm. usually people start their thesis work, I would say in January. I guess, or end of January. Yeah, it depends on what you, like how you define it, right? Because you actually hand in your contract in the limitation in November. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you already have to know like some stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like you're um, restricted by the contract or anything. You can go in different directions, and but um, you still have to write something in it. So you have to have some ideas about what area of interest you have and... Um, some theories and yeah so you have to have like some kind of already at that point and also you have to have your supervisor at that point yeah. and your thesis partner if you prefer to write with someone else mm -hmm. so I think when it comes to the whole thesis the thesis process as a whole I think looking for thesis partners was started at some point in June that's the first time that we actually met yeah And that's the first time we had discussed some sort of topics that we had in mind and mm. that we, we were both interested in. And then over the summer, of course, everything was slow, but we were still, you know, meeting up on on an irregular basis, I would say. But still, there was some sort of flow and meetups that were happening. Mm -hmm. And when, when did you actually um, sign the contract with the company? Was that before you handed in your supervision contract? No. So the advice of starting early is um, based on our experience of starting early, but only settling things in like March. I think we signed the NDA in March, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. kind of that was when the collaboration was like sealed and mm -hmm. secure. Oh, wow. So you only have two months basically to really work on your thesis and go into the research. Yeah. Wow. Of course, it's individual and there were mm. some specific circumstances that had resulted in this very case that we only signed it in March. Um, however, just in general, working with large companies obviously takes a lot more time. Corporate processes are not quick and agile. They are, on the contrary, very slow and take a lot of time 
that's why starting early, if you want to work with a big company, with a corporation, is a good mm-hmm. advice because the first time we had met with them was in November. Okay, so even though you met with them in November, it was not until March because of internal processes and circumstances. Okay, yeah. yeah. Talking about fixing the collaboration and actually getting into it. Now, you need to have some kind of idea of how you want to approach the topic methodologically. How did you go about it and what kind of method did you pick? Well, we were going, like, the initial idea was to go for an inductive method. Um, because I think one of the things was that I had experience in working inductively, but also I think for us, it would, it just made sense that we, um, yeah, that we were moving into like a quite new academic field that is not completely consolidated, mm. um, if any academic field is, but it's quite new and it's still like very evolving and developing. And so we wanted to take an approach where we could really like understand what the interviewees what would say to us and kind of make sense of that as opposed to finding theories that we would test mm-hmm. because we felt like it would give more value to the case company so i hear the approach was uh, doing interviews yeah okay we did mm-hmm. uh, we did interviews i mean um, we wanted to also do observations that was the plan Mm-hmm. So we wanted to do interviews and observations, but then Corona happened mm-hmm. and then observation was not an option mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as we had gone uh, further through the process, um, we had discovered elements of uh, abductive theory uh, research or design and combined it with elements of grounded theory, which allowed us to literally enter the field with having some sort of knowledge from the theory and what the theory suggests the field should look like however not being completely bounded by by what it should look like and then really <clears throat> gathered the most interesting and most surprising findings from the interviews and the interviewees that we that we have um, spoken to and those were the elements we had then taken back to theory and focused focused specifically on those by researching a lot more papers and looking at a lot more theories that are surrounding those topics that became the most interesting uh, from our research. So it's a very good example of how you have ideas, but then things happen and then big important decisions are kind of made for you Mm. because we wanted to do inductive research, but because we couldn't actually start interviewing until March, we couldn't do inductive because we couldn't waste the first three months of January, February and March not doing anything. So, of course, we had to start researching theory and make some kind of theoretical framework. But then we still wanted to be able to have the interviewees um, actually affect our paper directly. And that's why we kind of didn't decide, but actually Mm. ended up doing abductive research. And that's what you also have to think about with methodology, I think, is that it can seem very overwhelming and very big. And, of course, you have to be conscious of the decisions that you make with the tools you use and the research design and everything but also things happen Mm. and then you apply the method that best suits the circumstances that you're in Mm. you can't really um especially i think if you're doing like um case work you can't really plan everything out Yeah, so that that also relates to what you said earlier, Jakub, about being flexible about the process and how you can't really uh, decide everything beforehand. 
So that, yeah, that makes good sense. Mm. So um, you really started writing in March. Did you um, create a, a full schedule from what to do from that day until the day that you handed in? Or how did you manage? Did you create a timeline or how did you how did you manage your, your time management? We, we had some attempts um, on timelines even as early as January. We had created some Gantt charts that we had used and wanted to follow. And obviously, as Caprina was saying, things happened. Global pandemic happened, mm. which definitely affected our process. And so um, even though there was definitely time planning um, involved, we were never really able to follow the plan um, straight to the point. Mm. You know, So we, we had to be very flexible even with the plan that we had we had then created. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we finished our last interview on the 20th of April and we handed in on the 15th of May. So we basically were not following the ideal plan that we had um, agreed upon in the summer at all. Yeah. How much did you have written at that point? I actually have a really nice graph <laughs> that I can there share with you. I think we started after after we had conducted those interviews, uh, we had about 25 pages written. Mm -hmm. And then literally in the last, I would say, two weeks, two weeks and a half period, that's when the last sort of hundred pages actually mm -hmm. appeared wow. somehow on the paper. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so but how do you so you really had to produce a lot of pages by then? Did you ever get stuck in the writing process? And if and if you did, what did you do to to move on, get out of that? that you place? really have time to get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have time. But thankfully, we we had taken a city break and we had uh, made use of a of a summer house that that was uh, available to us at that point, which was amazing because we could literally escape the society for two weeks and close ourselves in this space where we can just talk about our thesis and nothing else, uh, which definitely helped because we woke up in the morning, opened the laptop and then close it until late at night. And this was our last two weeks, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but also fortunately because we were very quick in actually writing. And um, I personally had one moment where I got completely stuck. Um, and that was in the last let's say, I don't know, 30 hours before deadline, where we had the last meeting with our supervisor, prior to which, like prior to that, we had sent her our analysis chapter. And we had that meeting 30 hours before handing. And she said, you know, this is this is okay, but really, it should be more academic, you should elaborate more on this, more on that. And then we were like, Yeah, I mean, we still want to hand in, but then with this feedback, it will not be the best grade that we were striving for. So we had decided that we will basically recreate our whole discussion chapter in the last 24 hours. <sighs> and that's where I had that moment where I was stuck because I sat in front of the computer with basically 15 blank pages. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there is absolutely no way this is mm -hmm. going to get finished in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And that's when you actually helped me and you were like, you have to go out, <laughs> lay on the grass. <laughs> Just take deep breaths for 10 minutes, look at the sky, do not think about anything else. And then I got back to the computer and somehow started writing. And I think overcoming that hurdle was the most difficult part. When I started writing, then somehow it, it worked and mm. I could you know follow through. Mm. But overcoming that hurdle and making the decision that, yes, I can actually do this instead of saying, no, this is impossible. That was the most difficult for me. Yeah. So it's actually maybe more about going someplace where you could get in a different mindset than actually doing something physically different. 
yeah i would i would say so i think for for me personally and for us as well uh, it had really worked well that we had gone yeah. to a complete new physical space mm. where we could focus just on the thesis and nothing mm. else mm. yeah wow what i think we also both do but in different ways is use pen and paper i think you cannot underestimate mm. the value of just escaping your screen when i feel like i don't know anything i set a timer and i just write everything that i think about within that area for like 10 minutes and the most important thing is to not stop writing like mm -hmm. handwriting right mm -hmm. so for 10 minutes you just write and if you don't know what to write you just write i don't know what to write until you then think of something to write within like the area that you want to write about um, because sometimes i feel like when you have to put it on the screen in like eloquent and academic sentences You kind of, um, I become very self-critical and that leads to me not actually writing anything. So when I write in hand, I don't feel like I need to be, it doesn't have to be academic, it doesn't have to be anything. It just, mm. it can be notes, right? Mm. But then it kind of sparks my knowledge mm. and my brain kind of sets off. And that can be like a very helpful just starter. Mm. Yeah. Really good tips we're getting today. <laughs> Definitely. I'm honestly, I'm still stuck and amazed by the fact that you wrote the whole discussion part in what what did you say 24 30 hours mm -hmm. I, i picture myself panicking completely sitting there uh, so yeah um kudos to you that you managed yeah. that and talking about those unexpected events uh, that happened that you really hope that wouldn't happen when you're in front of them um, or right before starting your thesis, but then they do. What was, would you say, your major fuck up during the thesis? And how did you then, of course, go about it? I mean, one we heard of, I guess mm -hmm. that wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a fuck up. Was there something else? Um, because that one you managed super well. I don't know if it's a fuck up, but the, but the thing that I felt was the worst thing we had done until like after the uh, the oral when it actually went quite well um i think the worst thing for me to think about that we didn't do was actually when we handed in none of us had read through the whole thesis from start to finish because we were in such like time pressure so yeah so i think for me that's one of the things where i'm like I would not encourage anyone to do that. <laughs> Just yeah. read through your thesis before you hand in. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and my, my point actually goes hand in hand with that because we had everything in separate Google documents um, that we had most likely written also separately and we had not gone over each other's parts, mm. which also goes with the point of not reading the thesis thoroughly from, from the beginning to the end. And we only started putting those documents together two hours before the deadline, which I also would not recommend anyone because <laughs> I think this was the most stressful time of my life. I don't remember <laughs> ever being more stressed. And then, of course, you need to create a table of contents because that's actually a requirement. And of course, it didn't work because it never works. The button is there in Word, but mm -hmm. it never works for the first trial. So I think it was 45 minutes before the deadline when we found out that the table of contents doesn't exist and we had to go over the whole paper and make sure the headlines were <laughs> correct <laughs> with the with the formatting and then just pray that the that the table of contents would appear on time how many minutes before deadline did you click the button like the hand in button yeah i think 10 yeah 
10 minutes before 10 minutes. a deadline. Yes. Yes. Wow. Off a work, off a whole semester. Basically. Which is the yeah. closest I've ever been to a deadline in my whole like academic oh, really? time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have been closer. Okay. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I was so stuck in your story. I lost my question. <laughs> <laughs> you said that no one has ever read the thesis through before in one whole, but then the thesis defense comes. Uh, and you actually have to read it, right? Because you have to prepare. How was the feeling when you actually read it? I think I think have to read it is a very good way of saying it because I don't think any of us actually wanted to read it. <laughs> and I was so bummed out when I when I started reading it because I felt like there were so many um, things that were not um, like to the quality, the level of quality that I wanted it to be. I was I had a few days where I was like really really bummed out, mm -hmm. and I was like, we're not gonna we're not gonna go through the defense in in a way that's going to be to like to the level that I wanted to finish off my mm -hmm. studies mm -hmm. yeah so how did you how did you uh, deal with that how did you uh, approach the defense if you thought that your your paper was not as good as you as you wanted it to be we worked our asses off yeah yeah literally where well, our defense was scheduled two weeks after our hand in so also that was quite a tight deadline And we basically just read and read and read the thesis over and over again and then had a lot of discussions where we actually paid attention to a specific area of the thesis at a time and tried to correct the mistakes that were there or elaborate more on the arguments that were perhaps not elaborated upon uh, beforehand and just to make sure that both of us were actually aligned on the lines of argument that we were using within the thesis. But first, we l we didn't do anything thesis related mm -hmm. for the first five days after handing in. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, especially with our process, you're absolutely blind. Mm -hmm. Like you, mm -hmm. you cannot see like anything mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was like the best thing that we did was to leave it um, and, and not read any theory or anything. Just leave it completely for those five days and then do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so at this point, I think it's fair to say, because you said when you read it, it didn't have the quality that you expected it to have. But in the end, you ended up with the highest grade. Um, what do you think? D did you just underestimate yourself or did you just uh, undervalue your product or what made it actually be the best result there could be? I, no, you I think there's an element of being very self-critical, for sure. But I think also... Okay, I think there are more things to it. I think first and foremost, the censor and your supervisor didn't read the paper the day before the examination, right? So you have to take into consideration that probably they read it like the week before. So even though they were thorough and they took notes and everything, some of the details are lost, right? Um, secondly, it's not expected that you actually write a perfect thesis. Mistakes are acceptable. Mm. Um, and then I think also being self-critical and actually explaining in the oral what you wanted to have written without saying, oh, we didn't write this, but we should have written, blah, blah, blah. Um, just saying what we wanted it to say mm -hmm. um, in the presentation was our tactic. I think we had prepared for a lot of uh, things that we thought were weak within our written process and some of them we had presented presented, and some of them we had sort of 
left for the discussion that was that was further after our presentation. And actually, our supervisor was interested exactly in those po points that we had identified as as the weak points, and the fact that we had really worked our asses off before the defense and prepared to elevate those points mm. uh, during the defense really helped us. And I think there is one more element. I mean, the, like the the amount of work that you put into your thesis process also matters a lot, uh, especially if your supervisor, because that's the person that is there with you throughout the whole process sees that you are trying really, really hard throughout the whole process and you're not slacking things off, but you're really working throughout the whole process and trying to make the best out of the situation that you're in. They also appreciate that fact. Mm. Listening to you guys makes me both uh, calm and nervous at the same time for my own thesis. <laughs> but I think that's a good sign and definitely many good tips. Yeah. Um, and you also, of course, now there's still the, the corona crisis. So you actually had to uh, defend your thesis behind a screen um, online. How how was your experience of that? I, yeah, to me, I don't I think it was actually less stressful than uh, being somewhere in person because it didn't feel so formal, let's mm -hmm. say, since it was on on teams and it was just the two of us physically in the room. Um, so from that perspective, it didn't feel like it was like it was something very formal, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the advantages of doing it actually on, on screen is that where your eyes go are not as significant or as, as um, apparent as when you're actually in person. So oral exams, you usually want to keep eye contact. So you want to look on your notes just as little as possible mm. but on teams like your eyes go everywhere because then you kind of look at yourself a little bit in the corner right and then you look <laughs> at the different parts of the screen where they're at and then you look at each other and like so you're all over the place so actually like looking at your notes it's not as like it's not as obvious mm. um so i think that was that was a good thing yeah. the, there was one negative though because when we finished our defense we of course weren't able to take that beautiful cbs picture in dalgas hill <laughs> <Aww>. so <laughs> we just ended up with an okay picture in you front was. of a random building <laughs> <laughs> okay so it seems like you you actually had a, a, a positive experience with this would you recommend uh, moving forward after the crisis that more exams are actually conducted online I think for some people who maybe like um, have a hard time doing oral exams, I think it can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the part about being able to look at my notes were like my <laughs> my thing that I thought was good. Like going to an oral exam is not something that I'm very nervous about. Like, but I think for people who who get nervous, I think it's um it's it's mm -hmm. a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And I guess. Exams should, in a way, reflect the reality of the world. So I guess if the world is moving into a more, more digital space and more and more things will become online, then being comfortable behind the screen mm -hmm. rather than in person is a skill that people also have to train mm -hmm. for. So from that perspective, I guess more exams online would also make sense. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, we previously touched upon the fact that you are from, from different master programs. And I know that some people, they're considering writing their thesis with a partner who's from another program. Was that a, a challenge or made, did it make it more difficult? Or was it actually nice that you could draw on different things from the different master theses? Would you, would you recommend people to do it or, or wouldn't you? I would recommend it yeah. 1000%. Um, I think obviously there are some challenges because you 
with your thesis partner do not have the same frame of reference. You have learned different things. You have different standards of quality, different standards of what should go into an academic paper at CBS, what shouldn't go into that paper. But at the same time, you're able to discuss the same topic from almost two different perspectives, which creates much more of a, yeah, like, um, what do you call it? Much more synergies, let's say, in the in the whole process and actually makes you see the same topic from multiple uh, perspectives rather than just seeing it with your own eyes and seeing it with someone that has a very similar profile to you. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so if you uh, if you imagine that you had to give an advice to somebody who was just beginning to write their thesis, what advice would you give them? <laughs> well, I said previously, just, just don't do it. <laughs> no, but uh, to be real, um, I think... I think it's important to like prepare for the whole process mentally before starting and um, sort of understand that there is a lot of work that will go into this and be ready for it, as I said, mentally, but also physically and make sure to devote enough time to the process as well. So I think, for example, I've heard about some people doing full time work while writing their thesis full time. And that's what I would not do, definitely. And then, yeah, just just believing in, in yourself because many people have done it before you. Many people will do it afterwards, so you can do it as well. Yeah, I think also um, one really important thing is to not like um, keep up like your courage. Like as Jakob says, so many people have done it before you. Of course, you can do it as well. But it is like a very big in- endeavor when you stand like in front of it and it's, it's like hard. a mountain you have to go up <laughs> exactly and it's really hard to like see what the road you have to take what does that look like mm. um so i think the most important thing is to just keep putting one foot in front of the other just keep working because then you will reach the end goal at some point but if you stop working that's when you can be delayed and and maybe like not be in the best process you just keep working and then you'll you'll manage it even though you might take a detour and blah 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 you will get to the top of the mountain mm. at some point yeah it's good to know <laughs> <laughs> we're coming towards the end of our thesis talks and uh, this has been so insightful um i think for emily and me who are in the stage of <laughs> of um finding their topics and partners and all this stuff that you just talked about that you're happily just been through <laughs> Um, before we let you go, we have two more questions. And one is, um, very briefly, name us three things that you wouldn't have survived the thesis without. Yeah, I will start. Caprine, <laughs> summer, the summer house, definitely. And then uh, my own self-determination. Yeah. Well, I have to say Jakub now. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> <don't have> <laughs> no, for sure. We 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 made a good team. Um and I would say um coffee and um, um you only need two things. <laughs> I just need coffee and yak. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need in the world. <laughs> Very nice. And then the second question is, um, do you know anyone who you would recommend us to talk to for our next thesis talks? Maybe someone who has had an interesting topic that you would like to hear more about? Definitely. There are a, a lot of people that come to my mind. I'm just trying to think of um, somewhere, someone that is maybe a little different to what we have done. Perhaps I would, I would reach out to Fede, uh, Federica Giuseppini, because she's writing uh, also with the case company Nordia, and she's putting 
a lot of work into the whole process. She's basically doing the same amount of interviews we had done on her own. Wow. So, um, yeah, I think she and she also has a very, very interesting t- topic talking about leadership across generations. Oh, that sounds really interesting. She's on the list. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to us. It was it was really insightful, like you just said, Lottie, and just really nice to talk a little bit more about the process and how you do this and that in, in, in practice, because you always talk about then you do this, but you don't really know. How do I do this? So it's good to know that there are other ways to find the the company than to write out the LinkedIn messages. So thanks for that so much. Um, we just have one last task for you guys. We're gonna give you 30 seconds. And here you have the opportunity to give your Oscar speech to the people or things or whatever that you did you really want to thank for, for reaching your goal and handing in the thesis and achieving the, the really great um great that you uh, that you did so uh, we're gonna let the stage be yours and you can give your oscar speech do you want to start yeah i can start so i want to say of course thank you to my beautiful family to my beautiful thesis partner um to our amazing supervisor anna lakowska i can recommend her highly i want to say um i think a big thanks to my um sweatpants <laughs> and to nelly.com for delivering within two days during <laughs> corona crisis um and i just i think i want to say thank you to my computer for not burning down even though that was really close a few times and um yeah and thanks to the chair which i wrote most of our thesis <laughs> sitting chair. in that was a very good chair <laughs> Is the Oscar music also going to start playing if I... Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, of course, I would also love to thank my family who have been very supportive throughout the process, as well as Katrine. As I've mentioned, without her, it would not have been possible to write such an amazing thesis, as well as our case company, our supervisor, that have been both super awesome in, in guiding us throughout the process. And then um, I would love to thank Katrine's mom giving us our summer house because without that i really don't see how we would have done it and last but not least all the tech companies that allow us to use the technology so we don't have to write analog because that just would not work (laughs) amazing thank you so much guys and uh yeah thanks thank you